On this week's episode of the Marketing Expedition Podcast, I get to speak with Rick Elmore. He is an entrepreneur, sales, and marketing expert, and former college and professional football athlete. Yeah, he played for the Cardinals in Green Bay. He's pretty cool. And as the founder and CEO of Simply Noted, Rick developed a proprietary technology that puts real pen and ink to paper to scale handwritten communication, helping businesses of all industries scale this unique marketing platform to stand out from their competition and build meaningful relationships with clients, customers, and employees. Hang on, because you're in for a treat. Just wait till he explains what it is that he does and his company does to help marketers market. It's awesome. But first, it's time for the Marketing Essentials Moments, the basics that you need to help you build your brand and your bottom line. Today's topic, I want to talk about marketing funnels. There's so many different examples and different ways to go about it. So I just want to give you the basics of what a funnel is. And maybe you've heard this before. Maybe it's just a reminder. Maybe there's some things that can help you in formulating what kind of funnel you want to have during the buying process for your target audience. So there's different stages in a funnel. Think of like a funnel when you're going to put oil into your car. You've got a funnel. It's shaped like a cone, right? And at the top of the funnel, the awareness stage is at the very top where you're going to do things like blog posts and email newsletters. Um, You're going to maybe have some industry white papers or some checklists or tip sheets or things that are going to build awareness about what your product or service might be. There's going to be things that are going to have like maybe some how-to videos or instructional videos or things that are going to be informational, really kind of building that awareness about what it is that you are doing, what you can, what solutions you have. Uh, I like to call them edutainment, where it's educational and entertaining at the same time. It's drawing that interest. Maybe you're doing some educational podcasts or you are interviewed on podcasts or something of that nature to talk about your product or service. And then, of course, maybe there's going to be some guided tutorials on your website or on socials, uh, maybe on LinkedIn. You're just really building that awareness, that very top of the funnel. Uh, You're giving resources. You're adding value. Uh, Maybe you have a glossary or frequently asked questions uh, about your product or service. Maybe there's an interview about you or your uh, your company or whatever it is you're doing, kind of a company history or overview video, really just building that awareness so that people know about you and can learn a little bit more. Now, middle of the funnel is that evaluation stage. So now we're kind of honing in a little bit more, a little bit more every time we go and do more. Now we're talking about customer testimonials where people are going to listen about your company uh, from other people, right? It's building that word of mouth advertising, but now it's leaning on others to talk about you. It's um, having maybe more advanced eBooks or things that people can download about your product or service a little more more case studies and uh, kind of the things that people can use to evaluate what it is that you do. Maybe there's a free sample or a free trial. Maybe there's a demo video or maybe people need to book a demo uh, in order to learn more. Maybe there's uh, some solutions or some white papers that are more in depth. Uh, Maybe you've got some spec sheets or some more 
more details, more um, into that frequently asked questions. Maybe there's more going on to help people evaluate if they want to use you versus competitors. Maybe you have a competitor comparison. And so now they're evaluating that entire process. They're, they've shown their interest. They're really evaluating whether or not they're going to maybe potentially purchase from you. And then at the bottom of the funnel is where they're purchasing. It's the purchasing stage. There's potentially a free consultation involved. They've booked some time with you. Now you're talking pricing. And again, maybe you're doing that live demo in depth with the decision makers, that free trial. Um, you know, Now we're getting into the estimating or quoting. Uh, maybe there's some discounts or coupons or other ways that you can help bring in the new client or customer or consumer, depending on what uh, type of funnel you are in, if you're in business to business or business to consumer or any of those types of things. So we've got the awareness stage, the evaluation stage, and the purchasing stage. And then the funnel reverses once you've sold it, then it's going to come out and you're going to have uh, all kinds of onboarding and all kinds of other things to bring that new client on board. But we'll talk about that another time because once you've sold the client, then the work is not done yet. <laughs> you've got more to do. Uh, so anyway, but until next time, uh, we want to just get right into our interview with Rick. You're in for a treat. Here we go. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast, an auditory journey through the latest in marketing, branding, and advertising. Now, here's your Marketing Expedition Guide, Ray Allen. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen. I'm the president and CEO of Pepper Shock Media and the founder of the Marketing Expedition Community. And today's guest, we have Rick Elmore. Welcome to the show, Rick. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. Absolutely. And you're uh, calling from hot and sunny Arizona, aren't you? Absolutely. Yeah, we're just getting into the, the the intense heat of the summer. Oh, my goodness. Well, hopefully uh, you're going to stay cool and, and dry inside. And uh, well, hopefully it, dry is a relative term, right? I mean, I'm in Idaho. Yeah. It's it's a desert here. But uh, so let's just get into it. Tell me a little bit more about you and what you do and your journey and kind of all the things that uh, our audience wants to hear. Yeah, so my background's in athletics. Um, I grew up as a, uh, an athlete playing football, went to the University of Arizona on a scholarship, um, had a pretty good career there, and then was drafted into the NFL in 2011. So was pretty fortunate to uh, live out my childhood dream of becoming a professional athlete. Um, what, played what for sport? three years. Which sport? Uh, football? football. Oh, you said football. Yeah. What, what position? Uh, outside linebacker. So right. mostly a pass rusher, you know, hand down, rush first the quarterback uh, position. So we're going through right right now. My oldest son is going to be a senior and he's uh, O-line and D-line and getting recruited. So this is, this is fun to hear. <laughs> it is a, it is a, an, an extreme blast. So um, if uh, yeah, it is a, a great time of your life to get recruited and then go have that college football experience. I do miss it. Absolutely. So, so you ended up staying in Arizona then. Yeah, so I was drafted to Green Bay in 2011. I actually ended up playing for the Arizona Cardinals in 2012. Had that journeyman type of experience. A lot of guys do. Um, even though, you know, it looks like the lifestyles of the rich and famous from the outside looking in. 99% um, of the guys in the NFL are just trying to make the team and yeah. playing for different teams each year. So, yeah, I was really fortunate. Um, it was a good experience. And, um, you know, a lot of the 
the things that I learned as an athlete were transferable to, you know, what helped me become successful in life after sport. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit more about that. Go on and tell me the story. Yeah. After that, I mean, I, my parents were both uh, um, small business owners, you know, just my mom was a medical biller and ended up inheriting slash owning a, a physical therapy office. And then my uh, stepdad um, was a contractor. So we grew up on the weekends helping him lug stuff up onto roofs. So um, made some money being physical, you know, doing labor, physical labor. Good workout uh, for our, you. Yeah, <laughs> using right? our, young, our young, unbroken <laughs> bodies at the time. But um, I always had the, the bug to want to own my own business. Um, just never really knew what I wanted to do. But um, when I got done playing football, um, I reached out to some guys that were, or who have done what I've done already, you know, kind of made that transition to life after sport mm -hmm. and got into medical device sales. And, um, it was a good career. Um, mm -hmm. really nothing bad to say about it. I uh, just wanted something more. And I went back and did my MBA in 2017, went back to the university of Arizona, did night school. Um, in the same year of 2017, I had my Firstborn son um, was launching a, a startup business, uh, did an Ironman, was still working full time <laughs> in a, a medical sales company. Um, so, I mean, it was a pretty wild year. Yeah. But uh, um, in 2018, took the leap of faith after, you know, seven years of medical device. Um, felt like I kind of accomplished everything I wanted to do there and uh, took the, the dive into the deep end of becoming an entrepreneur. And uh, fast forward four years or almost four years, um, we should qualify for the Inc. 5000 this year, which is, you know, fastest growing private companies in the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, we have 11 full-time employees. If you want to count part-time contractors, we have over 30. Um, we've invested over seven figures into building our own technology. Um, I'm a football player by, by trade, mm -hmm. but now I'm working with electrical engineers, software engineers, mechanical engineers, full stack developers, front end developers, um, basically become a, a project manager. And, um, I know I'm biased of our technology, but I believe our handwriting robots are the best in the world. Yeah. And we've built a pretty exciting and fun business. So it's been great. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the technology and what, uh, what that seven figure investment turns out to be. What is it that people do when they use your service? Yeah. So we are, we're a handwritten notes and handwritten mail company. Um, so what that means is, uh, you know, unlike, you know, other services out there that send print mail, we actually have robots that hold real pens and we are the only person in this niche or this space that actually yeah. has a purposely built writing robot. Um, we do have a couple of competitors, but what they use is three axis pen plotters. And I can spend an hour talking to you about the issues <laughs> of using a pen plotter and some of the quality, um, issues there, but our robots are built purposely to be handwriting robots, to write envelopes of any size, to write note cards of any size, you know, eight and a half by 11 down to mm -hmm. six by nine or four by six or three by three. Um, yeah. So we have the most flexible purposely built writing robot in the world. Well, and I'm sure that there's some studies that have been done. If something is handwritten to you're going to read it, you're going to look at it and, and, and yeah. see it because you're like, oh, well, what is this? Somebody took the time to handwrite something to me, you know? So it's kind of like, it's a little mysterious, right? Yeah. And I mean, you, you actually hit the nail on the head. So Simply Note, it started out as a project when I was doing my MBA and uh, I actually bought one of those pen plotters and it took forever. I mean, it took me weeks to write out 500 handwritten notes with a pen plotter. 
And um, I mean, I was in sales, you know, I had a professor say uh, handwritten notes had a 99% open rate. And I was like, man, that's, it's a no brainer who doesn't open a handwritten note these, yeah. these days, right? Because our mailboxes are either filled with junk or there's nothing in it. My grandma Everybody just else. received a, a handwritten letter from someone in California wanting to buy her property yeah. and explaining, you know, why they wanted to move here and, and all this mm -hmm. stuff. And she's like, it's not for sale, but I did open it. I get letters all the yeah. time. You're right. Cause, and then and it's like yeah. handwritten makes you think it's like there's a human behind it. Right. It, I mean, it really is a uh, perception is reality. And, um, you know, we do believe that it's still the sentiment behind it. You know, it still takes time for us to write these. It takes about five minutes for each letter to be written versus, you know, a printing press, which we do operate in our warehouse. Mm -hmm. um, we can print 11,000 pieces of, you know, cards an hour, you know, versus wow. one of our, one of our writing robots can do, you know, 15 to 30 an hour. So, I mean, mm -hmm. these are still a lot more, um, valuable, um, you know, when it comes down to what goes into it, but yeah, um, out of those 500 letters that we ended up writing, I, I, I sent those out to prospects. Um, I thought it was going to be a great sales tool <laughs> and I got 28 doctors to call me back, which was unreal because doctors don't call sales reps, um, especially in the medical world. Like never. Right. And, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. My quota was like $50,000 a month. I ended up selling over $280,000 in like new equipment. My whole company was freaking out. Like, Rick, what are you doing? My <laughs> are you doing? Sales is like, oh. yeah, this is insane. Like what's your secret. And, uh, basically from that point on, um, my business went on autopilot and I was trying to transition out and be, figure yeah. out how to, to become that entrepreneur. So yeah, they call it the entrepreneurial seizure. When you have that, you know, light bulb explosive <laughs> moment, you're like, this is it, this is going to be yeah. amazing. But yeah, <laughs> the amount of sleepless nights and what has gone mm -hmm. into, you know, what is just a handwritten note is insane. <laughs> And, and with a little all the uh, technology, yeah. a little, what you said, four-year-old at home. I, I have a two and a four-year-old. So now we have two kids. <laughs> oh man! Um, yeah. So it has been an insane four years to say the least. Man, if my son could have had this technology, he had to handwrite all of his uh, thank you notes for, uh, he did an Eagle Scout project and had to mm -hmm. thank a lot, a lot of people. I'm sure he would have loved yeah. this. So do you yeah. do like big mass mailings or do you do like small sizes or, you know, kind of explain the process. If someone were to use your service, like what do they do? How do yeah. they go about it? So the whole idea behind Simply Known is we want to help you build, um, sustain and get new relationships. Um, we think it's a handwritten thank you note is a great tool uh, nowadays because, yeah. you know, a lot of people like, I, I don't know how it is um, for you, but you know, at least kind of people kind of have this mentality, like we deserve things. Like it's not like appreciation is there anymore. So we want to help our clients, you know, show them that or show their clients that they care about them in a more efficient way. And simply noted as an API first platform, what that means is, you know, we use software to help um, our clients automate sending thank you notes. So if you think of, you know, an e-commerce website, somebody spends $500 on their website, we can set up a, a trigger to automate that. Or if you have a CRM, you know, Salesforce, HubSpot, Zoho, Pipedrive, any of these CRMs out there, you know, you have a contact in there that, that gets updated from like, you know, new prospect to like potential client, you know, we can mm -hmm. set up an automation. Um, we worked with tons of luxury brands, home service companies, um, e-commerce websites, nonprofits, um, and set up all these automations. And the automations are nice um, because it 
it's done efficiently, it's tracked in, in, in your software, it can become a part of that customer journey, that customer experience, it's on time, you don't have to think about it, it's basically just happening in the background. But yeah, um, if you have a spreadsheet as well, it's, I mean, you can send 100,000 custom, it's just like mail merge, like high mm -hmm. first name, you know, we mm -hmm. plug in the first name. If all the data is in a spreadsheet, you can send a hundred thousand custom handwritten notes in literally two minutes. You literally just, oh my gosh. yeah, click and a, go, huh? So, so that's really what it the is. variable data yeah. can be updated. So you have the same message, but then you change out the variable data that you want mm -hmm. for each message. And then they, the robots handwrite it and then send it out. Now, what about stamps? Because here's the other thing, like, is it, is it regular, like normal, you, you know, United States mm -hmm. post office stamps, or is it like, you know, how you get bulk mail and it's, you know, pre yeah. pre stamped on there or you know here's an example of one this one just bounced but i mean we use real forever stamps um it's real pen written on the return and and shipping address wow that but, looks um, so for our audience who can't see this and, and I'll, I'll explain it but it it is it looks very like it's very much yeah. handwritten like it's i mean yeah. is there is it always looking the same every time or do the do the robots kind of have any yeah. And that's really why we built our um, our own handwriting uh, robots, because it's not just the robot, it's the handwriting engine. It's what drives the, the machine, um, the font technology, all the glyph technology. Um, wow. We actually dev developed the AI um, algorithm that, no, if you wrote 100 A's in a row, they would never look the same. The robot is supposed to add a little bit of variation to how the, the glyph squeezes and stretches and pulls. So... I mean, you can talk about everything, oh my goodness. About, everything about this. this no, that's 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 the word glyph glyph. glyph how how it how it's displayed, right? The because like there's yeah, so pruning and if you, yeah. If you think of fonts, you know, TTF <laughs> or OTF files, they're not actually letters. They're actually they're actually glyphs. Mm -hmm. So you know that A is not actually an A. It's just a box that whatever's inside that box is getting displayed when you type that glyph, which mm -hmm. is the A key or whatever. So. Gotcha. Um, we can plug in as many variables as we want. You know, we control, you know, the offset of the, or, you know, the left margin, the, oh my goodness. The, the, the spacing between the lines, the spacing between the letters, kerning. I mean, it's all of the, it is uh, extremely complicated. Um, and we, but we've gone all in on the technology. We believe that in, in order to be the best, you have to have the best technology, not just the best marketing budget, because right. at the end of the day, like people want genuine, real, authentic products and if you have a a cheap you know three axis pen plotter yeah. um that's writing the same you know type because of glyph you can, multiple... you can totally exactly. tell when it's one of those yeah. that, that looks like it's handwriting but not really you can tell it's computer generated you know yeah yeah there's yeah. a bunch of issues with the, the pen plotters you know they use gravity um instead of a a downward writing force so our pen, like our machines actually have three pounds of writing force. It pushes the pen into the paper. So there's actually indentions. I mean, it's. Oh my gosh. You've it's, really, it's a, really thought about yeah. all of this. Your, your people have like, yeah. <laughs> made yeah. something very yeah. cool. Well, hopefully people yeah. don't feel like they've been, you know, uh, hijacked or, you know, de deceived or anything, but you know, this is, this is a really cool technology. It's, and I, I totally can understand how people can perceive that. But at the end of the day, like, it's really the last form of communication that people really think that can be automated. And what would you appreciate more? You know, like that annoying text message re being retargeted on your social media account a mm -hmm. hundred times, you know, 50 automated email follow-ups 
or just a nice, you know, handwritten mm-hmm. thank you note you get once or twice a year, you mm-hmm. know, in the, in the mailbox. Right. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to explain to these, these companies that we work with. It's all about, um, you know, maintaining and building that loyalty through your right. client base, because you're going to, you know, what is it? The rising tide raises all ships, right? If you mm-hmm. maintain and build those relationships, they're going to stay longer, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to tell their friends, they're going to refer more people. They're going to become advocates about your company. You know, these are rare nowadays, yeah, you know, people yeah. take pictures of them and it becomes more of like a viral aspect on their social medias, right? Like how many times do you see yeah. somebody take a picture of an email and say, Hey, I just got this cool email from this company. I just bought a product from never never well i'll tell you when when i am hiring people people who send handwritten thank you notes after mm -hmm. i've interviewed them stand out a lot more because they take they've taken that time to to you know appreciate and say thank you for the opportunity i mean you're right you're absolutely right when something like that comes in the mail i'm Mm -hmm. gonna look at it you're you're Mm -hmm. 100 percent on yeah yeah. So we, I mean, we think we're onto something. I think all things kind of come back in the style, right? Um, sometimes old things are new again. And um, we just think it's a missing piece of, you know, ABM or account-based marketing or customer experience, or just a part of being in sales in general. Cause you know, in the nineties before cell phones and before email, like it was really normal to sit down and send a follow-up. Thank you. note. thanks for this meeting. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're just trying to make it easy for everybody to do it again. So if uh, somebody is thinking about this as a tactic that they'd like to include in their marketing strategy, let's talk a little bit about budget. And I won't hold you to it, and neither should the audience, because everything is different. I mean, it matters the paper that you use and the notes and how many you send. But mm-hmm. in general, like, just give me an example of something that some, you know, maybe uh, somebody paid and how many pieces they got and what was all included. Um, you know, and again, obviously this is gonna be played later. So when people come to you, they can't yeah. expect this, but um, just give me kind of like a, a range of costs of what are we talking about here? Yeah, so our, our service starts at $2.67 uh, before postage, so three twenty five dollars shipped, and that's with a real forever stamp. Um, and that includes a handwritten envelope, you know, a custom piece of stationery, you know, a nice thick cardstock on luxurious paper. And then we handwrite the message as well. So even though these are like all robotically written, um, the only thing that is done robotically, I guess, is um, all the busy work, but then humans are actually hand quality controlling each piece because, it, you know, you don't want a you know, half written card because a pen ran out of ink and then that gets sent and it doesn't make sense. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, ins- we, we take a very serious quality control here um, because our service really is to make it look like you sat down and did it. So nice. um, robots write everything, robots stamp and seal everything, but all the quality control is done by humans. But yeah, it starts at $2 and 67 cents. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have plans that can go, you know, well into the, the low dollars um, just really depends on how you how many you're sending a year. And now a word about one of our sponsors, Sweatcoin. Sweatcoin, it pays to walk. At Sweatcoin, they want a healthier you on a healthier planet. They achieve this by converting your steps, your walking steps or running, of course, into a currency to spend on cool products and services. And let me tell you, I just ordered a really cool pillow that's worth $100. And of course, I only had to pay a couple bucks for shipping, but I exchanged in my sweat coin to be able to pay for this. And all I had to do is walk and it tracks all of my steps. And then I can order cool things like pearl earrings and whatever the offers are that interest you. But go to peppershock.com offers and we both get sweat coin. 
you said you automated it. So, so tell me a little bit more about the process. Like you, you, you get connected into your cells or CRM system and you just have a certain amount of pieces a month or, or, you know, it, it sends it off automatically. Tell me a little bit more about that. How does that work? Yeah. So, um, and that's another reason why we had to rebuild our writing robots because all the, the technologies that are out there, like the pen plotters or these 3d printers or old auto pens, um, the softwares that they have built aren't in, aren't, um, I guess native or built purposely for that machine. So for example, like those actually draw plotters are using a third party software called Inkscape or some of these auto pens are, literally using you know software that was built in like the 90s um oh boy. It, and it's it's a third-party app that runs Dot matrix back doesn't in make the sense. Day. yeah <laughs> so when you're trying to think of throughput right and being completely vertically integrated from taking an order online to how that order gets processed and out the door the only way that we could accomplish that was rebuilding our machine so yeah there's a lot of software custom yeah. custom built software that's put into this um again it, it is way more complicated yeah, um, yeah. than I ever thought it would be. But yeah, um, we've rebuilt our writing robot. We set oh. it up from being completely integrated um, vertically from how it comes in through our e-commerce website to if it's a custom card, it gets sent to our printing press. So that custom card gets printed out. And then once it's done, the printing press, it gets put on machines from those machines. It gets written, you know, from whatever the order details were from the, <laughs> the e-commerce right, right, website. Right. So then once they're done with the machine, they're hand quality controlled and then, then sent through the, the so pro production. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a could, lot of work. You could potentially just do one-offs then. I mean, we do. So, and okay. Uh, well, that is our website. You can go and send one at a time. So uh -huh. um, there is no order minimum. So you can just gotcha. go and send yourself like a, a test card or send a thank you card quickly. But um, the real power of our business is either automating it or doing, you know, bulk sends a couple times a year. Well, you know, what excites me is my handwriting is terrible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so if a robot can do it where it's legible, I mean, that's exciting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely. We, we get that a lot. Like, I mean, people forget how to write. When's the last time you picked up She's... a pen? <laughs> yeah. Well, we do handwritten thank you notes, but I usually have an intern write them or, you know, mm -hmm. my, 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 one of my sons has decent handwriting, and, you know, or somebody was like, but just, you can't read mine very well. Cause I'm just, you know, yeah. in a hurry or whatever, but, uh, this, this really seems pretty exciting. So that's, that's yeah. awesome. And, and, you know, it seems pretty cost effective. I mean, when you normally buy a card or, you know, you get cards printed or, um, whatever the case might be, then, then you're spending that kind of money anyway. So we may as well yeah. have it. Done well, by you think about, for you. <laughs> think about it too, right? Like some of these home service companies, like you get a new roof, it's 20 grand. Why wouldn't you spend three bucks to, to right. thank that person, right? Absolutely. Or you go buy a car, right? Some of these car dealerships, like they're buying $60,000, $80,000 cars. Why wouldn't you spend three bucks, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I, I, I still think like, you know, if you have a, if you have the time, it, it is better to sit down and send them yourselves. But when you have a, you know, a highly transactional, high, you know, high output, tons of traffic, when you can't do this efficiently or you can't do it to scale on time, like that's when a service like Simply Noted comes into play. Mm -hmm. But um, if you have the time, you know, I always, you know, we, we do tons of meetings every day. I always say, hey, if you can do one or two a day by yourself, I would absolutely recommend doing that. But if you need to automate hundreds a day or send thousands at a time, that's when we come into play and help you do it. 
Well, I can just imagine if you're inviting somebody to an event or, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're fundraising. I mean, my goodness, fundraising is, I mean, there's lots of opportunity for Mm -hmm. for nonprofits and donors to be thanked and or asked or whatever the case might be. I mean, I just see a world of opportunities that just sort of flooded in my head. So this is this is really awesome. (laughs) Well, yeah, Yeah. I uh, so so how do people go? What's the website? Go ahead and share that. Yeah, it's just simplynoted.com, how it's spelled. Um, yeah, a good thing to do is just go request a, a free sample kit. We send a really nice, um, you know, big sample kit like this with a lot of, you know, writing samples inside. Oh, cool. And that's free. Um, or you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm, on, I'm on LinkedIn all day. So um, those are nice. the two places that connect with us. Nice. And then um, one more question. Uh, yeah. What advice could you share with others who are thinking about becoming an entrepreneur? Cause you, you did, you made that plunge, you did that. Uh, and what is it that you wish you would have known that you know now that you didn't know then? And what, what could you share for our, our uh, people yeah. who are looking to become maybe potentially jump all in like you did? Yeah, so I, I mean, I'm very risk adverse. Um, my wife's a lot more uh, riskier than I was. So she was actually the, the pushing force that got me to do, do this because I had a good job. We had a good life. I was right. you know, making good money. But um, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you know, really, it can come down to analysis paralysis and you never get started. Um, you know, I'm four years into this and I still don't have all the answers. Like you literally are going to make mistakes every day, learn, grow, get better. That's just a part of the process. So if I can give any advice to a a young and inspiring entrepreneur, I mean, as long, right. As you can, um, I would say, just get started. Um, Mm -hmm. because (laughs) like, you know, there's people who are in their careers for 20 years that are still like figuring it out. So, um, just get started because, you know, if I started right now and I have a four, a two-year-old, you know, a lot more responsibility, um, I never could have done, you know, what I've done right now, um, or what I've done in the last four years. So just get started. And then, man, I, I, that question about what do you wish you could have told yourself or, um, yeah, what would, which, um you would have known that, you know, now, <laughs> well, I've started a tech company with zero tech, um, experience. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I would say start a company that you have a really good, you know, understanding, you know, so if you're an athlete, you know, and you want to do training, you have that background. Right. Um, if, <laughs> if you are a uh, recruiter that did, you know, recruiting and medical and you want to start your own recruiting company, do focus in medical. But um, yeah, I, I would say if you're going to do something like I did, I would say find a mentor as fast as possible. Um Good. Because I'm telling you, I've, I've lost, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars making the wrong decisions, but they were, they were, they were learning opportunities for me and I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't have a mentor, you know, I'm the first person to go to college in my, in my family, you know, first person to, to truly start a business um, like this. So I um, really have had to go through all the bumps and bruises um, on my own like that. But uh, yeah, I'd say find a mentor because that person is going to save you years and lots of money. Awesome. Well, congratulations. I, on one side of my family, I'm also first gen college 
And I also got my MBA too, so I can relate to that 100%. And you're right, not everybody understands how being an entrepreneur can, you know, be the, the all mm -hmm. the hours in the day and all the things that you go through and all the trials and tribulations. And I always say, we don't have problems, we have opportunities. Yeah, <laughs> Sometimes yeah, you learn yeah. those pretty well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I reframe my problems. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Like, oh, here we yeah. go, another three months. Like, oh, like, yeah, and that's a problem too. The, longer you get into things like yeah. they're not one day fixes anymore one week it's like months or years right yeah. because it, it's like a, a 777 you know uh, jumbo jet it takes a longer time for it to turn around you know? mm -hmm. <laughs> for yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. and then I've noticed as uh, as you transition into entrepreneurship, the, the, the thing that you do is you just automatically jump to problem solving, right? No, mm -hmm. no matter what. And sometimes you don't even know what the problem is. You just want to solve it no matter what it becomes. Yeah. So you have to slow yeah. down and think about, okay, well, what is it we're trying to solve here? What is it that we're, you know, wanting yeah. to, to actually get a solution to and taking those steps to do it? And sometimes it's hard to do. Cause you just want to yeah. solve everything so you can move on. <laughs> and that's a, that's another problem about being entrepreneurs. Uh, you got to stop working, you know, in your business and work on it. Right. Absolutely. And as entrepreneurs, you do get sucked into fixing every little problem. Um, so yeah, I forget what the book is called. Um, just gave it to somebody, uh, I forget what it's called, but yeah, it's, that's a big thing. I, I, I took away about a year ago. It's like, stop working and trying to do everything right. Like you got to start improving your product, improving, you e know, building your business. Yeah. Yeah. E that's what it, there yeah, you go. Gerber. Yeah, e yes. for those yeah. of you listening who, if you've never listened or read the e-myth book or the e-myth revisited, cause they revised it over the years, but uh, it's by Michael Gerber and absolutely, uh, you know, we would recommend it full heartedly. <laughs> it's an easy, quick read too. I yep. just think it's yep. like a couple hundred pages you know really easy to digest yeah another one uh that we read recently uh well let's put them a little bit but it's called built to sell and you know getting those processes down in place yeah. and and getting your your systems and everything going and, and growing and even if you're not going to sell right away it's just the idea that maybe someday i would sell my business and if somebody were to take over they would need mm -hmm. to know all of those systems and processes and it's good for new hires and new recruits and you know all of the things so yeah I listen to that podcast every once in a while and I forget the, the guy's name who does it. But one thing that really stuck out with me for maybe some of you more experienced entrepreneurs, you know, in order to sell your business um, and make it easy to sell your business, he has the terminology of calling kill the king. Like your business has to be able to run without you. Mm -hmm. And 99% of businesses, if the, if the business owner and entrepreneur died, the business will die. So as your business matures, you got to figure out a way to kill the king Absolutely. and get yourself removed completely from it. And if you can do that, like you're going to exponentially be able to sell your right. business for a lot more. So yeah, that's yeah. a, that's a great thing I've, I've taken from built to sell. Yeah. That was... yep. There you go. And then, uh, one last one. Um, we've been, uh, currently going through the entrepreneur operating system, rocket fuel and traction. I don't know if you've been familiar or have heard of that, but same thing. Yeah, one of, one of the too. principles is yet, like you just said, dele delegate to elevate and let mm -hmm. it go. My, my staff actually got me a frozen doll. So that uh, they, you know, they could tell me to let it go, because <laughs> mm -hmm. it's hard sometimes. It's your baby. You, you know, you're growing mm -hmm. up with it, and you want to take care of it. And you know, when things go wrong, you want to fix it. But you do. You have to delegate to elevate. <laughs> yep, yep. I couldn't For agree sure. more. Yeah, the traction isn't about like having ten meetings or what? Is, what is level ten? Yeah, yeah level you want 10 meetings, you want to have yeah. every meeting ranked as a ten because it's the best, uh, you know, that you can have. Yeah. And there's some. 
you know, some things to follow so that you have a level 10 meeting every time as much as possible. You yeah. rate the meeting at the end. You know, what would you rate this meeting? One through yeah. 10. And yeah, so we, we do that level 10s with um, our leadership team. And then we have our mm -hmm. finance team, our marketing team and, uh, you know, the marketing, finance and operations. And yeah. we have those L10s. So everyone gets to rate the meeting. And sometimes, you know, it's not always a 10, but you strive for it, right? Absolutely. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Well, it's been a pleasure talking with you. And I look forward to uh, testing this out because uh, I do. I have handwritten notes and sometimes people can't read them. So this could be my solution for sure. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Rick. And uh, try to stay cool there in Arizona. You said it was 112 today, but uh, drink lots of water and <laughs> and come visit us in Idaho. Absolutely. You can't stay here, though, because all the people will keep moving into Idaho. But you can come visit us anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Awesome. Have a great one. And for those of you listening, uh, the best thing that you can do is share this with others that you think need what Rick has to offer. Simply Noted uh, is definitely a tool that we can all use, I believe. And uh, then also subscribe and download and share this podcast. Give us reviews. It's the best compliment we could possibly get from you. So thank you so much uh, for those of you listening. Thank you so much, Rick, for uh, joining me today. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. And until next time, everyone, enjoy your marketing journey. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Want to continue the journey? Don't miss out on new episodes. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.